0: Hey, before we get to this episode of Income Investing, I want to quickly tell you about an online course that I came out with. It's called The Roadmap to Financial Freedom. To make a long story short, I talk about how investors and entrepreneurs can build enough passive income to replace their expenses and become financially independent. If you listen to my podcasts or read my articles, then you already know how thorough I try to be whenever I put out content. I try to give realistic, actionable information that can make a difference in your life. To learn more about the Roadmap to Financial Freedom course, just go to alexisasadi.net slash podcast and scroll down to the very bottom of the page. There will be a link to a 2-minute explainer video that you can watch. The course costs under $10 and I explain why it's so inexpensive in that video. Again, it's alexisasadi.net slash podcast. That's A-L-E-X-I-S-A-S-S-A-D-I dot net slash podcast. Hey, it's Alexis Asadi, and welcome to episode 22 of Income Investing, a show that explores different investments that produce income and or dividends. This is the final episode in our segment about mortgage lending. We've now spent almost three months on the subject, and the knowledge we've built is going to be pretty useful for exploring all sorts of income investments, including mortgage funds and credit funds and bonds and real estate in general. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We're going to start with a question from one of our listeners, and then we're going to jump right into a game of true or false. I'm going to run through some of the most important concepts that we've learned since episode number 10, which was the beginning of our mortgage lending segment. And I'm going to quiz your knowledge by asking you whether my statements are indeed true or if they're false. We're then going to end the episode by introducing the next chapter of the Income Investing Podcast. So today's question comes from Sandy, who's in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Sandy wanted to know if I could explain what tariffs are. Good question. So tariffs have been all over the news in the last couple of months. Basically, the current U.S. administration has either imposed or threatened to impose them on various countries across the world. A tariff is basically a tax or a fee that the government charges on incoming products from other nations. These are called imports. So let's say that the U.S. has placed a 2% tariff on furniture that is made in China. When an American business wants to buy that furniture with the goal of reselling it to its customers, it's going to then have to pay a 2% fee to the U.S. government. This is going to cause a few things to happen. First, the business's costs will go up. That's going to make it less attractive for the business to buy from China. So Chinese companies might take a hit which is sort of the point of the tariff. Second, the business might look to buy furniture from other markets where there are no tariffs. Third, if the business doesn't look elsewhere for furniture, it's either going to make less money or it's going to pass those increased costs onto its customers. Now, the problem with tariffs is that businesses often don't look elsewhere. Paying an extra 2% for buying from China might still be better than buying furniture from Germany where the costs are going to be higher. Therefore, the American business can suffer because it doesn't have much choice. So they'll either start making less money or they're going to make their customers pay more for their products. So governments have to be really careful with tariffs because so much of today's trade is international. This isn't the 1800s anymore. Especially with e-commerce, we all buy and sell things to people from across the planet. So if the tariffs are too aggressive, or if they're misplaced, other countries might retaliate with their own tariffs, which can lead to an economic disaster. Now my personal prediction is that the Trump administration's tariffs are not going to last for very long. We're already seeing signs of distress from American businesses and farmers. One of the more noteworthy examples came from Harley-Davidson at the end of June this year, The iconic American motorcycle maker said that it would be forced to move some of its production overseas because of the pressure that's been placed on it from those tariffs. I think President Trump imposed tariffs to make a point. The US is unhappy with some of its trade deals and will not be ripped off, but at the end of the day, taxing imports is not going to be the answer. Maybe they're just a negotiating tool, but my guess is that they will eventually disappear. I'm going to make a note in my calendar to revisit this topic in August of 2019, so we'll see how good my foresight actually is. So thanks for your question, Sandy. For everyone else, please remember to visit alexzasadinet slash podcast if you have a question or if you want to let me know what's on your mind. I'm actually in Panama right now, but I've got access to email and would be happy to stay in touch. So let's get to our game of true or false. I'm going to make 22 statements about the material that we've covered in this segment. If you think that what I'm saying is correct, then your answer should be true. And if what I'm saying is wrong, then it's false. If you get five answers or less incorrect, then I think you've done a pretty good job. So let's do a quick practice round. True or false, a ninja loan is made to Japanese mercenaries who specialize in espionage and assassination. The answer is false. The term NINJA was used to describe loans that were made to people with no income, no jobs and no assets before the 2008 Great Recession. They're an important part of why the global economy collapsed in the early 2000s. Okay, so you get the game. It's not too difficult. Let's go to question number one. True or false? A mortgage is a loan. This is false. A mortgage is an instrument that is used to secure a loan against real estate. Loans and mortgages are two separate items. True or false? The higher the loan-to-value ratio, the safer the loan is. False. The loan-to-value ratio, or LTV, expresses how much debt a property has. So the higher the LTV, the more debt there is, leaving less equity to secure the loan. True or false, a first mortgage can be superseded by the government. This is true. The government can register a lien against a property if the borrower owes taxes, and that tax lien can skip the line and rank ahead of all other mortgages. That's why it's important to confirm that the borrower is current on his or her tax obligations. True or false. I own a house, and I owe $150,000 to the bank, which is secured by a mortgage. I then sell the house for $200,000, and I keep all of the proceeds from the sale. This is false. The bank will be paid what it's owed before I earn anything. That's why we have a mortgage. As such, I will only keep $50,000 from the sale. True or false, a lender forecloses on a property, But it's not worth enough to pay back the entire debt. The lender has now lost its money. This is false. The lender can keep the earnings from the sale of the property and can collect the balance from the borrower's remaining assets. But this is often a more arduous process. True or false, mortgages are the only type of debts that can be registered on a property. This is false. Tax liens and court judgments can also be registered on a property. So if you lose a lawsuit, that judgment can be registered against your property. True or false. The date when a loan must be paid back is called the principal date. False. It's called the maturity date. True or false. A lender may charge both an interest rate and an origination fee. This is true. A lender can charge whatever it wants, as long as it doesn't go beyond the legal limit. And of course, the borrower must agree to it before taking on the loan. True or false, liquidity is a term that's used to describe the ability to sell an investment. This is true. A liquid investment is one that can be easily sold, and an illiquid investment is harder to sell. True or false? Mortgage loans are usually considered illiquid for regular investors. True, there are large markets to sell loans in, but most retail investors don't have access to them, at least not from a selling perspective. They're usually limited by their resources and their connections. On the other hand, institutional investors like banks and investment funds can sell loans with ease. True or false, using an offer letter is a good way to manage default risk. False, offer letters are used to manage origination risk. They are signed by the lender and the potential borrower before either party moves too far along into the deal. They usually require the borrower to reimburse the lender for all of its expenses, even if the loan doesn't go through, and in some cases... Offer letters also cause the borrower to agree that the origination fee was earned. True or false, one way to manage liquidity risk is to ensure that the usury rate is not surpassed. False. The usury rate is the maximum interest rate that can be charged for a loan. It's not relevant to liquidity risk. Liquidity risk can be managed in two ways. First, including an immediate repayment clause in the promissory note, and second, selling that note in the debt market. True or false, the debt market can be any group of people that's willing to buy or sell loan contracts. True, there are also formal exchanges that are highly regulated, but if you sell me a loan contract, then we have technically created a market for it. True or false? Loan contracts, like promissory notes, can fluctuate in value. This is true. The fact that you can buy or sell them means that they can change in price. It depends on what the buyer and the seller are able to negotiate. True or false? The yield refers to the initial interest rate that is stipulated in the loan contract. False That is the coupon rate. The yield is the rate of interest that an investor would earn after buying the contract from someone else. It could be higher or lower than the coupon rate, depending on what the investor paid for that contract. True or false Central banks tell lenders how much interest they should charge. That's false Among other things Central banks can influence how much interest banks pay when they borrow money from each other. That causes a chain reaction throughout the economy and it can affect how much interest other lenders charge. True or false? A mezzanine loan and a bridge loan are the same thing. This is true. Mezzanine and bridge loans are short-term loans under a couple of years. They are frequently given to real estate developers. True or false? A takeout loan is a line of credit that you can take out at any time. That's false. A takeout loan is a loan that's used to pay off another lender. So you're taking out the lender from the deal. True or false? Private lenders target desperate borrowers with bad credit. False. There are some private lenders that do that, but many work with entrepreneurs and business owners who simply don't fit within the box that banks want. Bank loans are not always a good fit for entrepreneurs. True or false? An entrepreneur might borrow money instead of to raise equity because she thinks it'll be less expensive that way. That's true. Giving equity means giving up profits to someone else. Paying interest on a loan can be cheaper. True or false? A GSA gives a lender priority on mortgage rank. False. A GSA, or general security agreement, gives a lender a prior claim to the borrower's non-real estate assets. It's useful if there are other creditors competing for the same collateral. True or false, a borrower and a lender are responsible for their own expenses to complete the loan. That's false. Most non-bank lenders require the borrower to pay for all of their expenses, including legal fees. Okay, so that marks the end of our segment into direct mortgage lending. I appreciate you sticking through it with me because I know that some of it was a bit on the dry end, but it's super important for investors to know. Obviously mortgages are tied into real estate, which is one of the biggest industries on the planet. I don't think you can properly understand property investing without knowing how the mortgage world works, so I thought it would be a good foundation to have. Now I know that not everyone is going to want to lend money directly. They may not have enough capital to do so, they may not have access to deals, perhaps they don't feel ready, or maybe they want to diversify across loans, or maybe they just want a more passive investment. So the good news is that next week, we're going to begin our trek into mortgage-based investments. For example, we're going to look at investment funds, which either lend money directly, or they buy and sell hundreds, even thousands of mortgage loan contracts. A lot of these companies are available for investment on both US and Canadian stock markets, and many of them pay monthly dividends. We're also going to talk about Mortgage Investment Corporations, or MIX, which are a favorite among Canadian investors, and we'll talk about Mortgage REITs, or MREITs, which are really big with American investors. That will inevitably take us into credit funds, and bond funds, and real estate funds, and crowdfunding investments, and investment funds of all sorts. We're also going to look at syndications, which is when lenders pool their money together to fund one single mortgage, so we have a lot of exciting stuff on the horizon. Until next Wednesday, please check out my online course called The Roadmap to Financial Freedom. It's available at alexasadi.net slash podcast. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll see you on Wednesday.